Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our reach around the world, go to traincpe.org. And to learn about our local missions fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. If you read the red letters of Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, you will be amazed at how much Jesus had to say about himself. He spoke of himself because he knew the questions people were asking about him. He also spoke of himself because he knew that he was the answer to their deepest needs, and he let them know that. He very clearly told them that he was the one they were waiting for and that he could bring them eternal life. And he was clear this life that he brought to them was because he was more than a man. He was God come in the flesh. John chapter 14, in the last week of his life, Philip asked Jesus for one last favor. Philip has been listening to what the Lord Jesus has been saying, and he's adding it all up. And Philip says, Jesus, show us the Father now, and it will be enough for us. He had heard the Lord Jesus say that no one knows the Son but the Father, and no one knows the Father but the Son and those to whom he chooses to reveal him. And Philip is basically saying, Lord Jesus, choose to reveal it to us. He's been listening to Jesus' conversation and adding it up. Just prior to Philip saying this, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And Philip says, this is my opportunity. Lord Jesus, thank you for all you've done for us. Just one last thing now. Show us the Father, since you're the one who makes him known to us. Choose to show him to us, and it will be enough for us. That will satisfy us. Lord Jesus answers Philip and says, Have you been with me so long, and yet you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? I told you I wanted to share with you the final reason that Jesus spoke much of himself, and it's this. He understood what his mission was, and that his mission was to make God known and to reveal God to mankind. We read this passage of Scripture at the beginning of our message, John 1.18. There, John reviews the earthly sojourn of the Lord Jesus Christ and summarizes his life in this way. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus spoke far more of himself than he did of his father. Jesus spoke far more of himself than seemingly he did of God. Again, read your New Testament. Read that red letter edition I told you about. You'll see that it's true. The question you have to ask when you're reading this is why? If Jesus had come to make the father known, why did he speak so much of himself? Because in speaking of himself and in making himself known, he was speaking of God. He was making God known. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father am one. Caesar required that the Roman world worship him as a God. Pharaohs prior to that time required that their followers or their subjects would worship them as a God. We can understand that King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon actually wanted homage to be given him as a god. Now all of a sudden here comes a carpenter arriving in Jerusalem from the remote town of Nazareth from this inconsequential place. This poor carpenter who says of his own self that he has no place to even lay his head. No great king. And he 
advertises himself as the one, as God in the flesh, and he allows and permits people to bow and worship, you'll not find one time when someone bows before the Lord Jesus to worship him that the Lord Jesus turns them away. All his words, look at all his words pointed people to this conclusion or this audacity. If Jesus is not God, then he's not a great moral teacher or a great prophet or a wise sage. There can be no discussion of his humility or his gracious impact on the world. If it's not true that he is God come in the flesh, then he's one of the most arrogant and egotistical individuals who has ever lived on the face of the earth. If he's not God, he's to be compared with every human king whose pride swelled so much and to such an extent that they required their subjects to worship them. If Jesus has not risen from the dead, his words would not be considered great. We wouldn't even know them. We wouldn't even heard them. They wouldn't be considered profound. If he was remembered at all, he would be remembered as just another delusional and demented fraud who had released his peculiar arrogance and self-conceit upon the human race, and a lot of them have done it. But if he's God come in the flesh, then the words he spoke of himself were to give us a knowledge of God himself and the way of God among us, and the way to God through him. If he was God, Jesus was here to reveal God to ourselves. Everything that he wanted us to know, everything that we needed to be acquainted with for this life to us, of God, was revealed to us in Jesus Christ, if, if he was who he said he was. How wonderful the Lord Jesus validated all those words. We said this last week, the resurrection above everything else has one basic application. It's everything he said was true. If he's risen from the dead and ascended to heaven, it means let's go back. The disciples meant let's go back and remember everything that he said because it was all true. And the Lord Jesus even said, look, I'm going to help you with this because when I ascend, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you and he's going to bring to your remembrance everything that I've said to you. And then your job is going to go to all the world and teach everybody to obey everything that I've said and everything that I've commanded. The resurrection of Jesus Christ validates everything that Jesus taught. And Jesus taught that he had come to make God known to us. And he's the only one who can make God known to us. You know, if you talk a lot about yourself, you're egocentric. You're putting yourself at the center of everything. And this is clearly wrong to do because you are not at the center of anything. <laughs> you're on the periphery of everything. But yes, when you talk about yourself, and listen, we have a lot of this. This is a disease that is sweeping over our society today. It's being inculcated in people through all the social media apparatuses that they're using, talking about themselves, deriving some kind of vantage point where people look at them and view them and see them. And, and then when they talk about their experience, it's almost entirely through their own eyes what they've experienced. It's egocentric. It's wrong. It's wrong because it's just entirely incorrect. But now it's not wrong for Jesus to be egocentric. He can put himself at the center of every conversation and every understanding of life because he is. He's at the center of everything. There's not an answer for the human race and its needs. There's no explanation for your past. There's no help for your present. There's no hope for your future that is not bound up in the person of Jesus Christ. He's at the center of all truth, all existence, all eternity. It was appropriate alone for Jesus to speak much and make much of himself. If he were not at the center of history, then his words would not be an expression of profound humility and condescension, but would be an expression of hubris and self-inflation. 
But if he was who he said he was, then the center of the universe emptied himself and came to earth and became poor for our sake in order to bear our sins and allow all our sins to be poured out upon him. And now, what profound condescension. What unimaginable humility. If everything he says about himself is true, then, and only then, can you gather to yourself an understanding of the inconceivable idea and thought, the hard-to-embrace notion that this one would come to earth and die for our sins and make God known to us in such profound humility. It's only astoundingly humble. Jesus' life is only an expression of profound humility and condescension. If he is who he said he was, if he was the one who was at the center of all being, Here's an application for yourself. It's a really simple application. It's very short. You know, oftentimes the form of Christianity that people have is basically just kind of moralistically following the life of the Lord Jesus. It's asking the question, what would Jesus do? It's following the manual. You're letting him give them an example of what to do. And here's your application. In this area, do not follow the Lord Jesus' example. Don't do it. Don't talk much about yourself. You're really not the answer for hardly anything for anybody. Yeah, your kids need you every once in a while. Your wife might need you every once in a while to reach something on the shelf, right? But we're not the answer for people. So don't speak much of yourself. Don't exercise your time trying to discover yourself and realize yourself and know yourself either. You'll go astray. You'll get it wrong really quickly. Not only, don't spend a lot of time trying to figure other people out either. Not only are you inaccurate in trying to figure other people out, you're inaccurate in figuring yourself out. Don't talk much of yourself. Talk much of him. Don't think much of yourself. Think much of him. Don't seek to discover yourself. Seek to discover him. Seek to know him and discover him. And as you do, he will, as a necessity, begin to help you see something and know something of yourself. And... What he'll show you as he begins to show you yourself in his presence is that you need more of him and you need less of yourself and you need your eyes to be on him and not on yourself. And when you turn from yourself to him, you'll find yourself at the center of the universe. You'll find the one who gives to you life and light and fullness and eternity because he is the one. And he told us that. Let's bow our heads. Our eyes are upon you, Jesus. We have identified you as the center and source of all life and the center of all being. You are the Savior. Every benefit to be realized for our human existence comes from you. How you humbled yourself. How you brought yourself low. Lower than we know to the depth of our own sin to suffer in our place to draw us up to this height, this unimaginable height of your glory. Lord, with that in mind, help us to lay hold of what should typify our Christian life above everything else. It is to pursue you and know you and enjoy you. It is to dive into your being and your existence and to allow ourselves to soak up all that you are It is to be consumers of yourself, drinking you in and eating you up, drawing into our eyes the light of your glory. 
That's our purpose. That's our design. Every meager moment in our life, every moment of rebellion, every moment of sin, every moment of doubt, every moment of confusion, every moment of dissension in our lives has come because, oh God, we look back into ourselves and we based our life on some impulse within ourselves instead of looking to you. Oh, let's run the race with our eyes fixed upon him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, on the Lord Jesus. Uh, Let's call out upon the Spirit to fulfill his work and pour that Savior into our lives, not only to dwell in us, but pour out from us the effusion of his life. Let's find ourselves before the throne, abandoned before him and saying, Oh God, not of myself, nothing of myself, emptied before you. Empty before you that I might be, I might go forward only in your life, that I might simply be a, a vessel which you pour yourself into. Oh Jesus, find me completely abandoned before you, only to know you, only to know you, dear Father, only to know the impulse of the outpouring of you, precious Spirit. May that be our Christianity. May that be our life. May it be Christ. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today to The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our ministry and our church fellowship, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We gather for worship in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise every Sunday at 11 a.m. We'd love to have you join us. Until the next time, may God bless you.